Hello everybody, this is Matt Vollmer again with the Great Romance Podcast. This is episode 8, and the last podcast was with our first producer, so the natural progression would be to go and have a podcast with our very first manager. Guys, this is Todd Stewart. Hello, Todd Stewart. Hello, Matt Vollmer and everybody. <laughs> How are you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing great. <laughs> surviving, uh, surviving the circumstances and uh, just looking uh, at every day's new opportunity. Well, when we, when David and I started talking, your name came up because David was the first producer we ever had. And the yep. reason we had him as a producer was because you were our manager at the time and yep. you had somehow and i always tell people this you you believed in us more than we believed in us if that makes any sense like like you it, it's a good thing though cuz that's what you want out of a manager like like we thought we thought we were good but like you you thought we were better you know what i mean than we were yeah. and so you would always be like hey man like sky's the limit and why can't you be mercy me and all this stuff so what i tell people is amazing is somehow when we weren't very good, you got a meeting with Otto Price at Word Records. <laughs> and that's a testament to you. But like, how did that even happen? I know that's a long time ago, dude. But like, do you remember what happened to get to there and then how David came into the picture? Yeah, um, I did and still do, um, you know, believe in you and believed in the group wholeheartedly. And it was kind of something that even like trickled back through my family, you know, mm -hmm. my, my nephew, um, he had his own credentials, if you'll remember, right. And, mm -hmm. uh, oh, Luke. And so, oh, you yeah. know, we would, <clears throat> he was the biggest fan, but, you know, I, I think when you take on any sort of client artist, you know, I can remember coming to St. Louis you know, and, and, and sitting down and all the meetings and everything that we had and, <laughs> and stuff. But, you know, you have to either decide you're going to believe in this because as artists, it's easy to get down because there are a hundred million no's. Oh, gosh, and yeah. <clears throat> I'm just, I have just enough stubbornness in me to go one step further to find a yes. That's, and that's actually a know, really good way of saying that dude. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Because, like you have to have a little bit of that, right? You do, and yeah. and it's thick skin. It's thick skin, mm -hmm. um, you know, because I can't tell you how many times, you know, and I have to be the balance, you know, in that in that that partnership because, you know, <clears throat> the artist has one way of thinking, and while I I believed in what you guys were doing and mm -hmm. and thought that it was fantastic, you know, I'm having meetings with, you know, I. Capitol Records and, and people like that, you know, and they're saying, <clears throat> do these guys, you know, do they write together? And, and I'm like, well, yes, you know, all excited. And they're like, well, <laughs> tell them to stop. And I'm like, what? You know, what does that mean? And they're like, well, you can tell that it's a, it's a very close circle of songwriting. And I'm like, okay, how do I go back and tell, you know, my boys, hey, I'm having these meetings, and they're telling me to tell you guys to stop songwriting together. Which... <laughs> and they're saying you suck at songwriting. <laughs> <laughs> they're saying that this is not good, and you know. Which, which again... I will say, dude. Which I will say, David and I even talked about that. That's one thing we had to get through. Um, we had to check our ego at the door and go, "Well, look, what we're good at 
is performing live. And I and I think that's what you saw. But yeah, as songwriters, yeah. we just weren't there yet, man. Like we we hadn't developed. And it's tough because you hear, you know, as a as a songwriter, you know, you hear things and it's your passion. Yeah. But that that passion has to resonate beyond you and beyond the pen or beyond the team that's writing that song to say, will this connect? And lyrics are so similar nowadays. You know, it's that I'm amazed that we still keep turning out as many songs as we do because it just feels like that, you know, it's just a twist of this idea or a twist of this lyric. But at the the end of the day, it was, you know, I, I, I literally had to be, boots on the ground and so I, I can remember I was still working at Silver Dollar City Yeah, and so I would leave Silver Dollar City on Friday night drive to Kansas City R.I.P. Um, Dusty Chaps baby so I would drive to Kansas City and literally fly out on the late flight get to Nashville um, and then set up meetings for like Saturdays or if I had days off during the week then I would I would repeat the process where I would just fly in I would do meetings and I would fly right back um, because you're, you know, you have to work around their time schedule. And I think that that's pretty much with auto. Um, <clears throat> we had met and then conversation started ensuing. And then, you know, auto at the time was with, I think Barlow girl. Mm, yeah. That was his, that was yeah. his big, the, the, that was his baby were the Barlow girl <laughs> yeah. ladies. And we'll, we'll, we'll leave that conversation for another day mm-hmm. because of, you know, festivals mm-hmm. and some of the things that, but I saw from that angle, I'm like, wow. And here I have this great group of guys that I know could outperform anybody, mm. you know, that could put them on stage with anybody. And we did, you know, yeah. uh, we found, we found those opportunities and, yeah, and it was always, <clears throat> you, the band always delivered. So, I mean, finding auto price was, was a step in the process that would lead to conversations with like Josh Bailey from word records. And literally I walked into his office <clears throat> And he had a stack of CDs, probably 150 tall. Oh my god! Um, that that were submissions <laughs> that people had sent him. That he said, "Yeah, I'll listen to this, and y'all, yeah, I'll listen to that." Yeah. And that day when I walked in there, <clears throat> I had uh, I had our stuff, and I literally sat down face to face with him, <clears throat> and I'll never forget. He took your CD and he moved it to the top of the stack, and he set it on the top, and he said, "I promise you, before the day's over, I will have listened to this CD." Wow. And I said, fair enough. You know, like, that's all I can ask. And he did. And he did. Josh is, Josh is a great guy. And, you know, but the music business changes and things happen. And, you know, so then it was just time for us to find a producer that would believe in you guys as much as I believed in you and could see, could honestly see the vision that, you know, that, that I had for you guys, I believe that you guys had internally. And so as we begin to connect the dots and, and I hooked up with David, you know, David is an incredible human being, first of all, Um, you know, and then to see you guys interact. And I think that's always important for me. Anytime that I start into something like that, it's gotta be a fit because if we get in there and the producers don't know it all and, you know, an artist, I mean, it doesn't work, you know, and there was so, only so much ego to go around with Chad and I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody else didn't have a shot. Nah, was, uh... <laughs> nah. Sometimes there like wasn't room in the room. You know, you'd be like, "Well, we gotta we gotta fit Matt and Chad's head in here." 
so I don't well, know. Well, and then when you added mine in there, I well, mean, that's it, true. Really, it, it really got bad. That's so. true. There were the three. Well, and dude, what's funny that you say, and I can't believe I skipped over this. So we jumped to the fact that you're a manager. You understand, yep. and you and I both know, if it wasn't for Ronnie Johnson, we never would have met. <clears throat> that's that's absolutely the truth. And how Ronnie did you Johnson. know Ronnie? Well, Ronnie, um, I used to work with a group. I call it tour management, but you know, in Southern Gospel, everybody thinks they know what they want. They really don't. Um, <laughs> and, and so they wanted. I was a glorified roadie, which was fine. But I, they treated me great. And so we had always. His family had had this group into their church like all the time. And then he would come to Silver Dollar City and see me perform. Ah. <laughs> and so he, I'll never forget, he, he came to the saloon show. I was in the saloon show as Dusty Chaps, God rest his soul. R.I.P. Um, <laughs> um, and Ronnie meets me outside and he's like, so what are you doing now? And he's like, well, I'm in a band. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> And he said, I said, well, he goes, can I send you my CD or can I give you our CD? And I was like, you know, I've, how many times have I heard this before? <laughs> and he gave it to me and I was just like, this is incredible. Like mm-hmm. these guys, there's something here. And then I, th- I think the next step was I came out to see you all somewhere. If I'm yeah, because we had, we had, I remember us having lunch somewhere too. Had you seen us play before we had lunch? I don't think so. I think we had lunch, and then I came to the concert. I, I think maybe that's it. Yeah, because which and, is a little backwards, but at the same time, right? I think it was <laughs> like, hey, let's let's get to know each other and see if you know. And despite us being us, you still wanted to come see us, so that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> despite the good time, I, uh, I decided. Well, and you have to know, like what you said. So Ronnie Johnson was our keyboard player, and when Ronnie was playing keys, was Ronnie sixteen years old? It was, it was, it was, he was very young. I and, mean, I, I think it was 16. And I didn't know that. Okay. So, so Chad had told me this kid could play keys. And the thing about Ronnie, like, you know, Ronnie was Ronnie and we, we could go off on stories about Ronnie Johnson and die laughing for days. But, um, uh, <laughs> but he, oh my God, dude, I'm right now. I'm still thinking about the night that you got him hot wings and cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> at, at, a, at I think midnight. Yes. And and we were playing the festival in Kansas, and and he was sick to his stomach, <laughs> and he was in the vehicle with me, and we were backing out because we didn't have a van. We had like my wife's car and a trailer, and I was yep. trying to back it out, and Ronnie was sitting next to me, and he's like, "Dude, I don't feel good." I was like, "Ronnie, what's wrong? I got to get out of this car." I stopped, and I remember he opened the door, and I've never heard, I've never heard someone throw up as hard. It, it was, it was, it was, violent. It was, it was like the Exorcist, violent. wasn't it? It was like, yes. like I felt so bad for him, and God love. Remember, his brother was with him, yep. and all I remember was Aaron. What a what a good brother. He was rubbing Ronnie's back and going, "It's okay, Bubby." It's, it's, it's a, oh my god, oh good, good times. But but Ronnie joined the band when he was sixteen and started playing keys for us, and we lost our lead guitar player. Uh, my cousin wasn't playing with us, so we filled in lead guitar with a keyboard player with Ronnie Johnson. And dude, you remember like Ronnie was Ronnie, 
But Duke could play the keys, man. The two things I remember the most about Ronnie, I mean, obviously his humor and the fact that I just I, I loved him so much. Like, oh. He's just a, a great guy. The sweetest guy. The sweetest. <laughs> great heart. Yeah. But the two things that I that I when I think of Ronnie Johnson was he was the one that could get out of the unloading and loading <laughs> process. I mean, there was always he always had to find the restroom whenever we entered any church. And so I got to the point where when we would show up, I would just say Ronnie second door on the right because there was no use in even going through the process because I knew he wasn't going to load in. I mean, oh once the keyboard God. was rolled in, that was it. And um, you know, so I do remember that about him. But one of the things with Ronnie, he had this ability on stage like it was kind of a a hidden i don't know it's like he would he would be energetic and he would be in and he wiped his face with sweat more than anybody ever the sweatiest keyboard player in christian music (laughs) that's the truth (laughs) but there was something that would click and there was a fire inside of him and it was like this hidden gem that people ended up just absolutely going nuts. Oh, over. yeah. But it was when he would go just crazy on the keys, mm-hmm. and he's down on his knees playing the keyboard yeah. and yeah. doing all this stuff. Like, it was a showman type of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> but he he had that ability to be – he had the humility, and but he also had an incredible amount of talent. Yes. You know, that was like – Yes. It, it fit. And unfortunately, you know, his life went on and, you know – manager conversations and that's one of the things you know you have to have tough conversations Mm -hmm. you know because there's a certain thing that certain things i guess i should say that have to happen and you know those are tough conversations and but even through those you know i felt like he you know we still maintain some you know a a friendship and like you know the commitment level is growing um you know we did some pretty crazy things matt as, as a group that was unsigned Oh, um, dude, I I will tell you, I I talk to, uh, you know, other friends who are with signed artists and things of that nature, and I'm telling you, man, there was a time where we were playing like 120 dates as an unsigned artist, yep, and yep. I had friends who were jealous, and, and you know, we, we were never rich, but we were making a decent amount of money where some of them, what they were getting from being on a label we were making more money. And I I think that's the thing, like, you know, as I'm getting older, and unfortunately, Todd, you and I are getting older. um, I refuse, I refuse. Well, you know what? I say run with that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The gray hair doesn't mean a thing. Nah, nah, nah. I just diet. Um, So, (laughs) and I should diet. No. And, And so what's funny is, like, when I look back, you you talked uh, we were talking a little bit before here and we can transition into this um we, our friend Rod Kettleman who was a radio personality who again lar- larger than life radio personality uh out of Springfield who helped us get some opportunities some of the biggest shows i've ever played uh when we opened up for audio adrenaline on their farewell tour um yep. and then cutlass the next year but if you remember like on audio adrenaline show you know Rod loved the song I Find You. Yep. And and we loved it too, but we we knew Spent was kind of like the the CCM let's hook 'em and yep. I Find You was more like the crowd song. And so I remember I I and I have to do this voice. I have to. So Rod Kettleman Please. sounded like the epitome of radio personality, correct? Like 
it, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't an act like that was his voice. So we would always like you and Chad would always be, hey Matt, do do a Rod Kettleman impression. I was, and I'd always be like, hey guys, Rod Kettleman coming at you on the I ninety five copter, flying over Christian music festival, Chick fil A's everywhere. Here we go. And and I and I laugh and we would laugh. But but here's the thing, Rod passed away. Is has it been a year? Or has it been more than that now? I think I think it's coming up on the year anniversary. Okay. Because um, yeah, it's it's coming up on a year. But all kidding aside, Rod also believed in us, you know, and and part yeah. of that was the relationship you had with him, and 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 you know, kind of trying to get him to see what you saw. But Rod believed in us, and Rod played our music before anybody else was playing it, and gave yeah. us those opportunities. And if you remember talking about moments that stand out to me, I'll never forget playing the audio adrenaline show i don't know how there were thousands of people there that night and yeah was that a fairgrounds I mean, yeah it was yeah several thousands and yeah. i remember two things i remember one they told us and remember we were all new at this they're like when you get done it was almost like the movie that thing you do you unplug and you run off the stage and it was like you know i didn't want to upset anybody so you i got to say the thing i wanted to say the most audio adrenaline is next thank you and we all turned our back and like hauled butt off that stage. And what I didn't get to see was, correct me if I'm wrong, we got a standing ovation. That's correct. Right? And I never yep. saw and I never saw it. So Chad's mom <laughs> told us about it. And and I'm like, oh my gosh, how amazing. But if you'll remember the second moment, we were walking up because it was a fairground, and we were walking up to the merch. And we couldn't yep. see anything yet. And I, you and I were talking, and I said, <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if I got up here and there was a line for us? Yeah. And, yeah. and thankfully, Audio Adrenaline had to leave early. <laughs> and so they left, and we turned to the corner, and there was the longest line I had seen. And that was kind of like, I don't know, that was one of those moments, don't you think? But you know, Matt, the thing about it was, um, that happened, that happened several times. Yeah, no, you're right. You know, <clears throat> yeah. the audio adrenaline thing was an opportunity that <clears throat> Rod, Rod and I met for lunch, you know, and with these radio personalities, you do have to go in and spend time with them, get to know them, um... You definitely have to build that relationship. Yeah. The music is part of it, but the whining and dining and, you know, getting to know them is a whole other part of that. Right. But when Rod came to us with the opportunity, it was something that it became, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it was a personal investment on my part mm -hmm. to cover what we needed to get there. Well, because, because people don't know this. Let's talk about this. Everybody <laughs> thinks that when you open for an artist, and it's not and it's not like sometimes we didn't just get to play. Right. But but especially back then, you have to buy on a lot of times. For sure. For and sure. so like that's, and that's not, not uncommon. That's no, no, not no, 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 no. Right. You know? Right. That's not an insult. <laughs> that's just the way the game is played. And especially a lot of these tours, you know, I think people don't realize that you see like a Toby Mac and then there's another act like a support. <clears throat> but typically, 
those baby acts, those first two acts of the night, either someone has paid like a label mm-hmm. or someone has put forth some stuff to make sure that they're on that tour. Yep. You know, that that's just not Toby Max saying, hey, I love. Now, sometimes that happens. You know, sometimes yeah. they have personal investment into people. But I knew <clears throat> to take something that we had, we were going to need to find bigger opportunities right. and you know so shout fest was one of those opportunities um oh, but then <laughs> actually van uh van ho he was the manager for by the tree yeah now we're dating ourselves yeah. um, oh man <laughs> and phil's craig and dean actually he um he and I are getting ready to go to lunch, believe it or not. No, um, you're not. Yeah, we are. I, I sent it, we stay in touch. And and I said the other day, I'm like, man, I just I just miss you. I said, I miss seeing you because he's one of the most positive people I've ever met in the music business. And nothing bothers him. And, and he was the reason why we got a Shout Fest, shout fest bid yeah. was because <clears throat> the old saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that happens a lot, you know, and so it's important in connecting those pieces. But, you know, the, back to what we were originally talking about, when we walked off that stage and we were all on, even as your manager, I was on a super high. I still have the picture of you and Audio Adrenaline, you know, Aww. behind the stage. <laughs> yeah. And, like, it's one of my highlight moments. Yeah. Um, and so I also have this rabbit trail here. I also have Chad during one of this, the concerts busted a cymbal. He used to play one of the best drummers I've ever known. And played um, so hard. <laughs> played so hard. He had a hydraulic seat. Like I would, he was just freaking amazing. Yeah. And, and he broke a cymbal and cracked it. He signed it and gave it to, gave it to me. Oh, dude. And I, I went and had a shadow box <clears throat> and, um, it hangs in my office. So you um, did love us. I did sort of, um, <laughs> but when we came off that stage, when you guys walked off Audio Adrenaline and we were walking to the back, there was a new, there was a pep in all the bands. Oh, step. yeah, man. Everybody was like, and you and I were having a conversation. And when we turned that corner, you guys literally stood there <clears throat> for hours. Yeah. And, and the thing about it was, is I know Audio A had to leave, but they typically, they don't come out after a concert anyway. Right. So right. That's a good the point. fact that you were tangible to the audience mm-hmm. was a huge deal, mm-hmm. but it was, it wasn't a fluke just because they didn't come out and right. you all got all the people you, we sold merch for hours. Oh. And in fact, we almost sold out yeah. that night. Yeah. But the other one that, that comes to mind is Godstock. Oh, I knew, I knew you were, you were going, we had, we, yeah, we have to. <laughs> big, big daddy. Weave was the headliner. They were. So you guys, uh, and was it John Schlitt? From yes, Petra? from Petra. He was there. Yeah. <clears throat> so John was on first, and then you guys went on. And when you looked at it, it's such a vast array. You know, it was a huge festival ground. Yeah. And there was there was quite a few people there, but like, <clears throat> I was like, what in the world? You know, it didn't seem like a lot. Yeah. After you guys were done, <clears throat> the line at the merch table was backed all the way back to the stage. Big Daddy Weave was playing. They were singing. And we literally had to go and move that line (laughs) so we wouldn't be offensive to the headliner. (laughs) And I set you guys down. It was one of the first times I'd ever set you guys at an autograph table away from the merch. 
which didn't go well at first. You guys were like, "No, we need to be behind that." I said, "Sit down." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, you need to be loving on your on the people who right. are buying your stuff and loving on you guys. This is your time, right? You know. And dude, and, what's funny is I had an old someone had a camcorder, <laughs> and I asked them to film things. And yep. so they filmed that line, and they filmed us sitting down and signing, and there was video. You and my wife Lindsay were behind, like behind us, off to the side. Yep. And L- Lindsay will still attest to this too. She's like, the two of you were were like laughing because it was almost comical. On. <laughs> You know what I mean? It was like such no, was. a surreal moment of like, is is this happening? I see it. I don't believe it. And if you remember, you had put together the Max Power Power Pack. Yes. And we had a t-shirt, drumsticks, yep. a CD, and and those bags that everybody was wearing. Those uh, the the ones Backpack, with the drawstrings. Yeah. yeah. And yep. and I want to say back then. We might have been selling that for like thirty-five bucks, yep. Which is when you think about that now, you know, Toby Mac sells T-shirts for thirty-five dollars. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, but, it's true. But we we had nothing. Like we sold. I I want and again. I don't want to get numbers or anything. But I don't think we had anything left. And no, because we had to go back and get more drumsticks, and we had to mm-hmm. we had to reorder the very next week because we had gigs coming up. That, yeah. We didn't have anything left. No, which no, wasn't a nothing. Bad thing, but. No, well, and dude, now that you say that too, we kind of got to go down this this route too. So, festivals and all that stuff. That was, you know, we definitely you, we definitely played more of those back then than we do now, and that was because that's what you did. And so you you got on a festival because you hoped people would see you and you would build your fan base. And so you got us on festival. I almost said festival kind of yes, shout fest. Um, you got us on that. And so remember we got three dates and again, we had to buy on to get on those, but it was a traveling festival. We'd never done it before. And it was kind of one of those, we need to do it because we need to do it. Like we need this experience. Right. And so I remember, um, we played like Texas, Arkansas, and then New Orleans. Well, that that area, but like a couple of them were like two dates, and then we oh, traveled. New Orleans, New Orleans. <laughs> and so, go going to going to New Orleans. Um, it it was raining, and we were again. Like I think people need to understand this. So we weren't. We we were the new guys. So the new guys get the side stage, and so yeah. we were on the side stage, and we got fifteen minutes. And we had come, we had come in at the end of the festival, so all the equipment for the side stage was broken. And so, <laughs> if you remember that, and so like this right, was. Let's, let's go to one the, when we drove up. There's this, this you know what you would expect to see the main stage with all the the trusses and yeah. everything, and then our stage was covered by what a twelve by twelve canopy. Yeah, like a little like a tarp. And so, you know, we're like, this is what it is. We, we got a pair of dues, whatever. So at that day, it was raining. And obviously, not as many people were coming out. And I remember the one thing we were all so excited about was since we were in the New Orleans area, we were going to get, like, seafood. 
And we were yep. all like, you know, you said, hey, when this is over, we'll go, we'll get seafood, whatever. So we were like, let's do this, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it's pouring down rain. I think 10 people might have been watching us because it was raining. There weren't very many people on the entire ground. No, not, not yeah. there at all. And so... If you, Do you remember, remember, they were more excited about the mud in front of the stage. Oh, like not moshing, <laughs> but close to it. They were sliding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. Just... <laughs> and so my oh. pedal board had water sitting in it, and obviously there are electrical things plugged into that. And so you you were worried about that. And I remember at the <clears throat> on the last song, it's kind of where everybody rocked out, and just because I would do stupid stuff. I jumped off the stage and started like dancing with the 10 people that were there. And remember like, you know, you're our manager. And so it's your job to also take care of us. And I remember you thinking, you told me later, like, why did you, why did you do that? You're going to get sick. And, and, and I was covered in water. So we got done and was, was the band Flatfoot 57? With the kilt, yes. Yes. So yes. They, they were on next, and God love them, they were trying to help. So they were trying to get us to, to help help us carry out our stuff. And so Ronnie had his keyboard, and uh, and the <laughs> it's painful uh, to talk about. And the, the really tall guy, he just went to lift up the canopy because it was sagging a little. Well, what we didn't know, it was sagging because it was full of water. So he touched it, and a stream, like a waterfall, just poured straight into Ronnie's keyboard. Yep. And we all and just I, looked at each other. <laughs> I, be, I believe at that moment, and I, and I can't, I'm, I remember the water, I've tried to block it out, and I've tried to block it, but <clears throat> I remember looking at you all saying, get your stuff, get it in the trailer, I don't even care if it's, I don't care if it's cased or not cased, just get it in the trailer, yeah. we're out of here. Yeah. And and so Ronnie's like looking at me like, uh, I said, just go, just go. Yeah. We'll and dry so it out, we, man. We'll dry it out. <laughs> I, I, so I remember, getting, I remember getting back to the hotel before you went for seafood, which was also, if you remember, quite the experience. Um, yeah, because we couldn't get in anywhere. <laughs> right. And when the place that the band and myself, the place that we wanted to go, Rod didn't want to go. Remember? He yes. Was like, and like, I don't want to go there. And yeah. it's, like, it's not about you, Rod. Right. You know, and, and those are those are the moments that he and I had in the car. And I'm like, Rod, we love you, but dude, we just got water dumped on a <laughs> you know a corg, and like this is I I need you to just not talk. Oh you know, I can remember God. telling him in the car, and I thought this could risk us ever getting music played on his station again. But you right? know what? I don't care. And I just looked at him. And I said. I just need you to be quiet. And, and he looked at me because I'd never talked to him that way before, you know. And he just looked at me. and He goes, "It was a rough day, wasn't it?" I said, "You think?" Yeah. And because if you remember, when we got back to the hotel, <clears throat> we picked Ronnie's keyboard up, and water poured out of it. <laughs> we could have filled the glass with the water that was coming out of his keyboard, and his face, you know. And as a manager, you know whether it's my fault or not, I take responsibility because I'm like what in the world yeah, you know yeah. um and we were i probably should have pulled the plug earlier you know because the the water in your your pedal board and i think we <laughs> did delay it yeah because there was we kept going back and forth on do we play do we not and then it's like well you know we're here 
there is a canopy, you know, whatever. I, I will never forget your face. Um, <clears throat> when you, <laughs> there was, there was a moment of Matt Vollmer <clears throat> that I knew <clears throat> when, when, when life had been crossed and it was just, it, everything was thrown in that when you jumped off that stage, I was like, Oh no, <laughs> like he's lost it. And you, he's having you a nervous it. breakdown. <laughs> Well, because frustrations were so high. Yeah, yeah, they were. For everybody. Yeah, were. And I can remember thinking, oh, boy, this is going to be a bad conversation two days from now. <laughs> you know, because I, I was feeling it with you all, but there was nothing we could do. We no. had paid the money, and it was just like, yeah, all right. And But it, it, makes, it makes you stronger. You know, those moments, you can look back now and go... <clears throat> we really did pay some dues. Oh know? my gosh, dude! That's, that's... Now, I don't. I don't think that any artist should ever <clears throat> feel like that they are entitled to anything to a certain level. Now, there's things that come with certain levels that are achieved, and so um, no, you're right. You know, you're right. It, it's it's. We knew what we had to do then, which was. We did. Ha- You're being attacked by wolves. Um, I, we, apparently, we, my daughter just came out and said there's a giant snake in our front yard. So, uh, oh, um, yeah, so I'm gonna go take a look and see. Uh, get him, while I'm on this podcast. Get so. it, Todd. This, hey man, this is life right now. That's what's happening right now. This, hey, and since you're talking about your daughter, um, so you have three children. Yeah. Two boys and a girl. And I think we would be a little remiss if we didn't talk about uh, your boys in baseball. And absolutely. And like, so you know, Todd, Todd, no, we've helped each other out with Cardinal tickets over the years. We both love baseball. We both love St. Louis Cardinals baseball. And he has two boys that are gifted athletes. So like, what's going on with them and sports? Because I have not talked to you in a while. And you posted a picture. Um, the other day, how old is your oldest? He is, believe this or not, he is uh, 13 years old. Dude, the picture... Actually, no, 14. No, he's 14, Matt. But the picture you posted, is he catching? He is. Okay, yeah. the picture you posted on Facebook of him catching, I thought he was like 17 and in high school, man. <laughs> so I'm like, what has happened um and then again it's like i know i'm old so like what are your boys doing with baseball right now as much as you want to talk about it because i think it's good to talk about i'll tell you it's a it's a topic around our house i mean all the time yeah uh we we literally run nonstop, and his eighth grade season was cut short you know obviously because of everything so there was a little bit of what do we do and so we we had played like four games uh, with the middle school, yeah. and and I told him, I said, <clears throat> you know, that could have been your last game, which it was ever Aww. on that field, and and so we go and play a couple games, and he just didn't, have, he wasn't, you could tell it just wasn't clicking, you know, and I, I so I told him, I, was, I said, listen, <clears throat> this, you know, is this is Jonathan, right? This is Jonathan, okay. yeah. Uh, he's 14 too, by the way, not 13. <laughs> I'm so like, geez, I lost a year. <clears throat> um, so he said. I, I told him, I said, you know, <clears throat> these are the moments that you live for. And every time that you walk out onto a field, you get to do that. Yeah. You know, it's it's not a job like it is in some of our developing countries where 
baseball is is fun, but it's a job, you know. Right. <clears throat> and so he said, you know, we kind of talked through that, and lo and behold, it was the last game that he would play. And so it really fired him up, Matt. He's been training. Um, <clears throat> he's lifted weights every week since the quarantine started. He's lifted three times a week, two hours a day. Oh my gosh! And and then. When high school, can you believe I'm saying that? No. High school's coming. No. <clears throat> He's been working. They have voluntary workouts four days a week. And then um, after those days end, they end at 11, 30, 12. I go and pick him up. And then he uh, um, he comes home. He grabs some protein. And then he goes and lifts for another two hours from two to four. Well, no wonder he looks like he's 18. <laughs> <laughs> But we play, you know, we play all the time, yeah. you know, um, he, it's what he wants to do, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. he, he goes to school so that he can be on a baseball field, yeah. you know, and <clears throat> we've told his teachers and everything, so we, we actually play this weekend, and then he'll play every weekend all the way through August, um, three to four games a weekend, uh, and then Scott, my youngest, who is 10, <laughs> He plays just as much as Big Brother, and, you know, they – he's already had three tournaments. Does he love it too? Um, oh, he's – I'll tell you, Scott is <clears> – <throat> he's probably my most analytical kid. Yeah. You know, like math comes super easy to him. He's in fourth grade doing eighth grade math. Oh. <laughs> um, and I'm like, dude, I can barely spell the word. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> give me a contract. I'm good to go. But, you yeah. know – and uh, I don't ever want to force them, but we we eat, sleep, and breathe baseball. Yeah, you and do, man. <laughs> you do. We, you can bet if we're not if we're not at home, we're on a baseball field somewhere. So, um, and then Molly, she she despises baseball. Um, <laughs> she keeps a very healthy social calendar. All right. Um, she has some really great friends, and they uh, they're always out doing something. Yeah. You know, like whether it's swimming at the pool or she just got back from a trip or some friends of ours called and said, Hey, can we take Molly on vacation with us? Mm. Well, you know, we're used to like, Hey, we're going to Gatlinburg or something like that. They took her on like a 10 state tour. Um, she went to Mount Rushmore, old faithful Yellowstone. I mean, like she did everything, you know? And I'm like, well, there you go. Well, I need friends friends. like that, man. (laughs) My friends take me to like target. That's not, Not quite the same. When it comes to life, she's just super. She really is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, she, my birthday was a few weeks ago, and Happy she birthday, came in. Sir. Thank you very yeah. much. She, she she came in. She laid down next to me, and we're watching TV, and the AARP commercial came on, and she said, "Look, Dad, five more years, and you're a member." Happy birthday! <laughs> and got up and left. And I'm like, "Oh, okay, babe." The smart uh, aleckness has. It's, it's oh, it man. does it does go from generation to generation. So so the um, the family's doing well and and staying active and uh, you know handling I guess all this we have to we'd be remiss if we didn't say Corona. Uh, yeah. In the midst of all this, they're living life as best they, they can. are. Yeah. We could not talk about anything if we didn't talk about um what was one of my greatest trips that I've ever been on. And that was when you and I went with compassion to Guatemala. Yep. And yep. Um, 
you know, we, we, you got us connected with compassion. We're still connected with compassion international. We love them. And so you told me they would like you to come and, and just go to sites. So when you're trying to ask people to sponsor a child, it's a lot more real when you've seen what has, you know, what, what is actually taking place. So they took us, they took you and I to Guatemala and I remember it's the first time like we sat you you got me upgraded well the first the first plane over you got us upgraded to first class because yep. like, you had miles and so I remember like I had never sat in first class before and then like you know we got like a steak and something like that so we're we're going to a third world country and I'm you know eat, eating like this and so. I, I don't know what you remember. What yeah, when we got the opportunity, um, <clears throat> I believe you were going to lead worship. Yep. Um, and yep. so they called me and they said, um, <clears throat> we need somebody that can come and lead worship. And I said, I don't know if he speaks Spanish. Right. And they're, like, <laughs> they're like, it doesn't matter. Right. They love, you know, and I said, I've got the perfect guy. I said, ah. he, he can handle it. I said, he can, you know, just bring his guitar and Brad, uh, Parker. Oh, Brad. He was on the trip with oh. us and really some funny moments with Yeti Claus and, you know, <laughs> um, him putting on a hat in the middle of a, a developing country that we had no idea how many people had had it in their head. <laughs> um, but, and just in general, he's just a great guy. But oh, he's the <laughs> sweetest guy. Yeah. That night that, I mean, it, it is important for the artist, and I would encourage anybody, you know, that's working with a nonprofit that has a sponsored child you need to go yeah, you know people yeah. need to go because it makes it <clears throat> i think so many times we get so jaded by what we see on tv and that's that need is just the same as the need that we speak about you right. know it's just it's polarized a little bit it's it's put into you know on tv sets and people automatically go well that commercial probably cost eighty five thousand dollars right you know you know but right. in, at the end of the day we miss the point of why that commercial is really on tv it's not to exploit those babies no you know no, 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 it no. is to try to get funds on you know you are a perfect ambassador for compassion i mean your heart you Thank and Lindsay, you, you know mm. exemplify you know that passion that change for youth for kids um, and I knew as a group, <clears throat> I was, I always tried to be careful on who I brought in, mm-hmm. um, you know, to the fold for compassion, because you're a mouthpiece, you're a representation of the ministry of compassion international. Yeah, um, I would agree that, that you and I in Guatemala, uh, that was definitely probably in my top three trips, yeah. you know, Haiti, Haiti being my ultimate trip. Yeah. And then, um, you there know, were just a lot just... of there were just a lot of good moments, um, like you said, leading worship. To uh, I, there were the two hundred who had graduated the college program, where where they yeah. were sponsored to go to college. And I remember before we did worship, we sat down and had dinner, and so like I sat down with a couple of them who graduated, and they kind of told their testimonies, and you know we cried through dinner, and then. Yeah. I went to lead worship with a band that had been put together where, again, I didn't speak the language, and they had a band director. And I'll never forget, he was a young kid, and they were so, like, they were just so excited to play music. And so we were playing together, and (laughs) this sweet little girl was on keyboards, and she just kept inverting two of the chords. It wasn't a big deal, 
but we just weren't playing the same thing. And so I looked at him and I was like, hey, I think somebody's not playing the right notes on the bridge. And he's like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And so he turned to her and then they spoke in their native tongue. And I don't know if he ripped her a new one. <laughs> but then I felt so bad because she looked so sad. And it was just like, I know. And I was like, just play a B, please, just play a B. And like, whenever I would tell my story to talk to people about sponsoring a kid, I, you know, Lindsay is obsessed with Christmas. And we have, and that's putting it mildly. And we have 15, 16 Christmas trees. Uh, we have more now because you have. I don't think you've been to our new place, so we got a little bit more room. So of course oh, she's just trees. yeah, it's an opportunity for more Christmas trees. And I remember being in our little house, and I saw all this Christmas stuff, and like I'd always tell people, I wanted to like take all the presents and take all the trees and throw them out the front door, or go give the presents to somebody because it was like, do I need all this crap? And if you remember, we went to one church where they were doing vacation Bible school. And I think I sang one one thing or two things, and then they did their songs, and then we had lunch with them. And what yep. the people told me was that's the only meal those kids got that week. And yep, they were coming true. up to me and handing me pieces of their chicken. Yep. And I was like, well, I can't eat this. This is your food. And yep. what what was the lady who was our interpreter? Do you remember her name? She was she she was the sweetest lady too. And yeah, I can I, I can see her face as plain as day. I, I can too. I can see exactly what she looks like. I just don't remember her name. And she said, "Well, if you don't take it, it's like an insult to them because she said they're giving you their best because they yep. appreciate that you're here." And I just remember going like, "Wow." I yep. am not worth any of it. So anyway, I said all that to say the trip was amazing. It wasn't just a guilt fest. It was a perspective fest. So no, when I got back, yeah, yep. I had I just had a different perspective and going, do I need all this stuff? Do I have to buy a new car? You know, or can I drive this car until it can? And, and so I encourage everybody too, if you have, if you ever have an opportunity to take a mission trip. You just you need to take it because it's not gonna affect you poorly. Even if it goes badly, it's just gonna give you perspective. One of the things, Matt, that I, I've been involved with um, over the past I don't know five five years, I guess, um, I have helped a family. Uh, they had started a uh, sort of an orphanage in Uganda, and <clears throat> I was able to go in and kind of redirect if you will some of the the management proceedings Mm -hmm. um you know just from a standpoint of hey this you know this little family you know they're giving everything they got and when there was a deficit it came out of their own pocket right you know they they have people who believed in it and put money into the spots but now what has happened is is god has moved in such a a humongous way um we we stepped away from what was and went to what could be Wow. And, and what I mean by that is they moved out to a place, it's, uh, <clears throat> I think it's closer to Sarodi now, but it's halfway in between these two cities. And it's one of the largest unreached people group um, in Africa. Mm. And they have now been able to raise the funds. Uh, we actually bought the property, or they bought the property. Um, and it was, it's like on a you know 100-year lease or whatever, but... Um, 
you know, we, we did it right. You know, yeah. we have an attorney in Uganda now that, you know, he oversees pretty much everything that we do from a legal standpoint to make sure that we're respecting their government and their laws. And you would not believe how that thing is growing. And they, they ultimately want it to be a mission center, you know, where, um, you know, girls uh, can be educated and, and the schools and, you know, like it's, it's such a cool thing to see how my involvement with compassion over the years led to me being able to speak life into, you know, um, this group that started an orphanage and now they have all these little babies that are, you know, they're getting new life. They're being fed. Um, and there's a ministry center that's opening up all because a little family had a goal and were following God's will for their life. So they are ones that went with us, um, back in the day, we took the whole family. Um, and they came back and it stirred inside them already their love for Christ, but it stirred, their passion for missions and instead of them just going boy this is really great i want to do something they actually did and it you know they didn't start out with you know 10 million dollars and you know some large funds they started out with a um listening to what christ had for them and i think that that's my encouragement to everybody even listening on this podcast start out with what christ is calling you to do yeah listen and be sensitive to the holy spirit and and walk in faith with that because you never know, you know, and the old cliche, you know, the mustard seed, you know, but I, I just know that they're, it's tough for me because I'm a, I'm a go getter. I'm a doer. I I like to get ahead of God and, and say, if you, listen, I'm gonna go ahead and do this because I know you're busy. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm, going to go ahead and make the call. I'm going to go ahead and push this door down. Um, and I've, you know, I have, I've begun to do more in country music. And as of most recently, I was working uh, with the Titans um, at the stadium on some stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, uh, man, I, I've learned so much, but yet some of it I wish I would have never seen, yeah. you know, because the treatment of, <clears throat> of people yeah. is, is big to me. Yeah. And, you know, so, you know, sometimes you have to make changes that seem like, well, that was soon. But sometimes you have to make changes in life in order to be able to, to get out of God's way for what he has for you. Right. Um, and, you know, things happen, things come back around. And, you know, I'm I'm grateful every day that I walked, that I had the time that I had with you guys. Yeah, man. Um, because it was... It was such an incredible opportunity to to put energy and time and effort and belief, and then to see that you know, what are we, fifteen, twenty years down the road? Yeah, man. And it's still yeah. and you're still doing it. Yeah. You know? yeah. And the the big bangs of hey, I went out there and I was on tour with Crowder, or I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Casting Crowns, you know. So what? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> the longevity of a ministry is far better than the one-off super bang. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the things that you have succeeded and done so well with is the fact that you've been able to create longevity and, and have some big moments and have some cool things happen and do this and do that. But it's, it's not been like a, a splash and gone. Yeah. And, you know, in, in, in Christian music, <clears throat> you know, some of our biggest groups, winter jam, maybe being one of those. And, 
festivals excluded, you know, your biggest concert's going to be five to 8,000 people. Right. right. In country music, you're, you start sort of at five to right. 10,000 people, you know, right. and it goes up to 60,000. I recently at the stadium, we did Taylor Swift, 60 some thousand people, Matt. Sixty thousand. Wait, what was the like, name? Taylor Swift. Who is that? <laughs> uh, brand new artist. Oh, she uh, up and coming. Up and coming. I hope she's gonna make it. I've I, heard I good know. things. I've heard good things. <laughs> she is. She. She's. She's got potential. Yeah, yeah I think she could really I, be a voice. But. I like to call her T Swizzle, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you look at that and you go, if if we could all just live in perspective. Yeah. You know, like, why is this platform sixty thousand, and this platform we can't we can barely get over eight to ten thousand? Mm-hmm. You know, so I say that to say, keep doing what you're doing because your longevity and the impact that you're making is consistent. Thanks, you know, man. it's not it's not thirty shows and done. Right. You know, and then you go away and you live on a yacht somewhere. <laughs> That may not be a bad idea. No, well, now that you're I'm saying kidding. yacht. <laughs> Personal chef, what? Um, hmm. uh, you know what I mean? It's, no, it's I, like... I know what you mean because, you know, like I said, you and I have been doing this music, whatever, for a long time, and we've seen a lot yeah. of stuff. And, and I think, in hindsight, what we do look back at is, like, well, just as you and I are talking about, like, the moments. Like, I'm, I'm immediately taken back to some of those places did I even appreciate him in the moment? No, probably not. Cause you know, I was like, well, what's next? What's next? But now that I look back, I go, man, dude, you, you got to do some really, really cool things. And why did we start doing it? We started doing it because of ministry. And you know that ministry just, it can get affected by industry. And sometimes we were really good at, keeping the balance and let's be honest and then sometimes industry overtook us i don't think it made us horrible people i just think we were humans and it was like what do you mean we can get a single and then we do this and we can get radio play and so anyway perspective now i go how many people were we able to 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 impact about jesus thousands man thousands and that's that's the bottom line and now you know I'm I'm a youth pastor also, and yep. I just had Bible study last night, and there was maybe 12 of us sitting outside, because uh, we can't go back on our church yet, but sitting outside, and we but were... But you can re- go to Lowe's. Well, <laughs> that'd be a whole other podcast. Um, <laughs> and we're just reading through Acts, and then some of the kids are asking questions and stuff, and like I just constantly had those moments now of going... You know, like, if you're on a stage and you're singing in front of thousands, it's great, and it's cool, and I'm not going to say there weren't moments where you impacted kids, but not in the same level where I'm living life with these kids, and I can talk to them about their problems, and they can talk to me about their problems, and I can help guide them and put them on a path. So that's that's not trying to, like, say, oh, it. I, I'm sure glad we never became Chris Tomlin, that's not true. It would have been awesome to be that. But but the point is, there's more to this than any of that stuff. And I would say both of us, just in talking to you again, we both understand that. And now we just look back and go, what a what a neat run, you know? That was great. That's it. And I, and I think that's cool. I think it's cool. Like, we, we haven't even touched half the stuff we did. We just hit some of the bigger moments. 
like yeah. we, we could talk for another hour but dude uh i i think that where you brought us to there that's the point this is all about ministry and yeah. you know just perspective i think that's the thing um so like i i'm so glad we we've, we've went over an hour but i'm really glad that you took the time out of your schedule because you're a busy dude and you're a family man just to sit and talk and dude i some of those stories in the beginning man i haven't laughed that hard in a while so uh i it, it was great dude thanks so much for being on here uh and you yeah, know man. you know i love you and your fam and uh you know we'll we'll have to do this again like we'll, we'll just have to like have all the stories ready to <laughs> ready to go and we'll, and we'll check them off you know we'll check them off i i think that would be great and uh just an update on the snake um oh yeah he was hit, he was hit and now he's trying to crawl into my my neighbor's house so oh I'm going to, yeah uh next time we'll do a podcast just about the snake <laughs> it's uh i don't know how many listeners we'll have but i don't know but uh this guy is uh he's a resilient little guy i'll yeah. tell you that much those snakes watch um, out for him they hey they started all this evil they did. And on that note, God love everyone. <laughs> oh, man. Well, guys, this has been uh, the Great Romance Podcast. I'm Matt. This is Todd. And uh, thanks again for tuning in. And, Todd, thanks so much, man, for today. Yeah, you bet, bud. We'll talk soon. All right. Love you, dude. Love you, too, buddy. Bye-bye. All right.